0: Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nellia Hutt. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode where you're going to meet Kristen Donnelly. I'm really excited because I've invited Kristen on today and I'm so glad that she accepted Because I think she's really going to help each and every one of you listening, or maybe indirectly help you so this is great. So Kristen, she is a TEDx speaker, international empathy educator, love it, and researcher with two decades of experience in helping people understand the beauty in difference and the power in inclusivity. She is one of the good doctors of Abbey Research, COO of their parent company, and an unapologetic nerd for stories of change. I love nerds. This is awesome because I'm one too. She's also the creator of the YouTube channel Abbey Research and the podcast The Culture Cast. Um, Welcome, 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 Kristen. How are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm so honored to have you come on here. You know, the show is all about um, helping people navigate through life better. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I want to, um, you know, one of my missions is to end loneliness and just have everybody feel like they're inclusive. Because for me, if you feel like you're different, or you're not Um, a part of something bigger or even belong to something or even get empathy from people you really can't move forward because you feel so stuck like why don't people get me you know why don't why am I not lovable so I love that today we're going to be talking about uh, empathy you're going to be teaching us a little bit about empathy which is fantastic is so important and um, about reframing trauma so yeah I, I know you get these questions all the time and you're a pro at these interviews, but I just need to know how this became a thing. Like, was there something in your life that maybe pushed you toward learning about sociology? And I know that you're, um, you're a doctor of sociology. And like, how did this all start? Well, um, it's such a great
1: question. And it, it does not have a super succinct answer beyond that this has been part of my family's work forever. So my family um, owns a, my brother and I now own it. My father and mother owned it for a long time, a network of manufacturing companies. Um, and the purpose of them was to provide jobs for people who are typically left out of the job market.
0: Hmm, and
1: throughout and kind of the the base of that is that our mission statement is to impact lives and create wealth. And wealth is a holistic entity. It's emotional and physical and psychological and financial and everything else. And so my whole life has been geared towards this. So you know, the I would meet a new friend at school and not know what to do, and and kind of you know, not really know how to how to navigate it because I wasn't really good with friends. And my dad would ask, like, well, how can you make their life better? Um, and when I was grounded as a child, which I was frequently. Um, <laughs> I would have to write book reports to figure out how to be a better person and who I could learn from. And so kind of my whole life has gone there. So my undergraduate is in adolescent psychology uh, because I wanted to be a youth worker for a really long time. And then that didn't quite work out. So I have a master's in social work as well and a master's of divinity, um, which essentially means that I've spent a long time helping people with where they are and who they are authentically in that moment but then also if they would like to move towards something deeper or better, I wanna be part of that process for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and pursued a PhD in sociology. Ironically, I didn't actually, I've never studied sociology. So I decided to do a whole new discipline for my PhD because I'm a nut job. Um, and the question that I have been you know, asking honestly for 20 years of my academic career was how does what people believe about themselves and deities um, higher powers, the universe, how does it affect how they live their actual day-to-day life? And so I studied in my PhD, I studied um, a Protestant congregation in Northern Ireland and looked at how these people that, that center an institution in their lives, what does that really mean? Not like what they say it means, but what does it really mean? And that then kind of naturally led, once my PhD was finished, my husband and I were um, we made the decision to emigrate from Northern Ireland to America. He's Northern Irish. I met him when I was over there. Um, and I took a part of my family company. My brother at that point had had risen the ranks to be the operations manager. And as we were talking about how I could use my gifts, because I how do I how do I say this without sounding so ridiculous? <laughs> um, I have the math skills of like a toddler <laughs> and chem- chemistry is not my strong suit so the idea of, of like taking over a dye manufacturing and chemical company um you know obviously I have gifts and talents but we weren't quite sure how I could use them for that beyond you know keeping snacks for my brother and my father and helping moral support And so I did HR for a long time and that was great um and I still do HR part-time But the other question was, how do I, you know, at the same time, Erin, my business partner and best friend, the other good doctor, she and I were asking, how do we take this world-class education that we've had the incredible privilege of getting? And how do we take this knowledge out of the academy? Because you're trained to keep it in. Mm. And we were like, well, what if we don't want tenure-track jobs? What if we want to take this knowledge that we've been given and actually put it to practical use? So that's what we did. So we started Abbey Research. It's evolved quite a lot since 2016, 2017, when I started it, and then when she joined full-time. But what it comes down to is constantly asking the question of how do we help people's lives be better? And so for us in the last two years, especially that has centered around being an empathy educator. And for us, empathy is actually not much to do with emotions. And instead, it's a cognitive decision process. It's a mental framework that, where every single day you decide to understand yourself and others better so we can all have a richer human experience. Mm. And so that's what we spend our time doing. We do it with you know, workshops with corporations and waffling on our YouTube channel. But every day, every moment of our lives is about how do we understand ourselves and others better?
0: And then how do we serve other people in that journey? So important. And so, inter- like, I find it very interesting. I think we all need to learn, like, as human beings, I think we need to learn how to understand a little bit more, right? I love that you say that empathy is not so much emotional, but you have this, like, mental thought behind it, right? Because then it becomes a skill. And if you learn yeah. the skill, then you can you can um, fine-tune it before you actually need to use it, right? So it doesn't seem so like I, I do associate it with emotion as well, but I love that you explain it that way. Cause it gets, it gets us to open our minds and think of it as something, um, that we can all do, right. Something that we have, we can learn about so that we can do it in the most effective way.
1: Yeah. And the thing, we look across all of the definitions of the word empathy across all the major d- dictionaries, not all of them include the word emotions, mm-hmm. but they all include the word understanding. And so as we thought about that, we're like, okay, well, let's really investigate this. Can you actually understand someone else's emotions? No. Can you understand your own emotions? Rarely. So is one of the most destructive phrases that you can say to somebody is, I know how you feel. Oh. Because yeah. that's a lie. You have no idea how someone else feels. So if we don't want to, if we don't want to assume that we can ever understand how someone feels about anything. Can we assume that we can maybe understand other things about them? Can we understand their context? Can we understand their motivations? Can we understand their personal history? Yeah, because those are all facts. Those are all non-esoteric, non-fuzzy things. So once you base, do a base level of understanding about yourself and others in the world around you, then you can reintroduce emotions. Then you can re-kind of understand, okay, well, when this happens, this makes me feel X. When this happens, this makes my friend feel why, because they told me that, but starting with emotions only leads, we think to more fractures because emotions, aren't something you can practice very well. And they're often something that we can't control. Mm -hmm. So there, it takes an enormous amount of discipline to be able to control most, for most people, their emotions. It takes an enormous amount of training for them to even understand or know their emotions. And so we don't want to place the primacy on that because we think that kind of sets us all up to fail. Mm. So we want to place the primacy on this every single day decision to see the person in front of you as a person, not as a stereotype or the shorthand that you've given to them or anything else, but a fully fledged, annoying, wonderful, beautiful, messy person. You know, and say, how do we cultivate understanding about that
0: yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you but you're you're making me tear up because um so my audience knows that for 12 years i kind of like lost myself in, in mm. trauma and empathy and all these things um and lack of empathy and i always um wish that somebody would have known all the things you're talking about and would have seen maybe reached out and said Ooh. some of those things and not necessarily because emo- like you're right when you're in something you don't know how to interpret your emotions so sometimes you just know it sucks you feel terrible you feel horrible but you can't you're in this dark place and you cannot put words to the things that you feel so there's no way that other people can understand that also uh, but it doesn't mean that You're not needing help, right? So sometimes, you know, I think this is so important because nobody escapes um, these challenges and these adversities and these things in life. We all have something. Um, It could be very different. Not one is more important than the other, and all these things. But that's why I think it's so important to understand what is the right thing to do, how to approach somebody, you know? Uh, We all need to learn all these things about empathy because then we can be there for ourselves more, for other people, right? So it just, you know, as you're talking, it's just making me feel like bringing me to that time where I'm like, yes, you know, maybe if I had understood my feelings better, because maybe it wasn't all about my feelings, right, is what you're trying to tell me, then maybe I wouldn't have, you know, gone through that long amount of time. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, I'm trying to think how it affects me, right? So I'm trying to learn that. Of course.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, feelings are so big and they're so, but, and I think so often we try to make them small in an attempt to control them. And then that is only like one of those terrible lava lamps and it's gonna get out no matter what. And so if we can feel what we feel That's whenever somebody asks me, what's, you know, what's your biggest tip for going through pain or anything else? I'm like, just feel what you need to feel.
0: Mm, Feel what you need to
1: feel. Like, feel what you need to feel. Chase that thing. Go there. Embrace it. Do it. And then go, because then you'll find your way through it most often. Of course, if this is a clinical situation, that's a different conversation. But for non-clinical situations. If you just feel, if you can be honest about what you're feeling, even if you don't know how to put a name on it, but you can be like, I'm feeling some sort of way and I'm going to sit in this feeling and I'm going to feel this way until I, you know, figure it out. But the thing with understanding that I think is the real gift, um, is that you don't, it's that it's a choice. Mm. And there comes a point in which you can even look at somebody and be like, you know what? I'm never going to get it, but I understand you need it. Mm, I love that. I'm. I'm never going to, I'm never going to get this. I completely disagree with you, but I understand that for you, this is, you can engage the logic center of your brain and just accept because no part of understanding involves agreeing with or approving of. Mm. It just acknowledges the humanity of yourself and the other person, that there is no ranking system of humanity. We all want to compare,
0: don't we? Like
1: we, we all- yeah, it's very natural. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very natural, but giving into some of these natural impulses that we do is what leads to so much division and a lack of cohesion and a lack of cohesion within ourselves and a lack of cohesion within our relationships and within our communities. So for example, something that, that we talk about a lot is that Erin and I work with people who don't know how to navigate political differences within their families. Very common. And, and not just in America, by the way, that is a worldwide situation. Um, and we both worked in Northern Ireland for a long time, which literally people died over political affiliations. Um, and America, it's, a, it's somewhat more, it's somewhat further past that, that we did that. Uh, it's very, it's very tangible in Northern Ireland still. So we often say like, okay, well, take a step. So much of the political divisions are emotional because we feel some sort of way about things. So take a step back and think, can you understand why they feel the way they feel? Can you see their logic, not yours? Can you see their logic? Yes. Okay. Then just accept that you're always going to think they're crazy. And they're always going to think you're crazy, but there's probably four to five other things you can talk about on a daily basis.
0: Mm. But even if you can't see it, just agree to accept it and not judge it. Exactly.
1: And that was the next thing. So like, you can't see that logic. You can't see it at all. Okay. Accept that in their humanity, they see it for themselves Mm. and you are just as broken and pig-headed and beautiful and messy and potential-filled and lovely as they are. Hmm. And so you could be wrong. They could be right. You could be right and they could be wrong. But so little of this is actually about right and wrong. None of this is to be in, we are saying to be in a relationship with toxic people. But we do think that often people's emotions make us assume toxicity when toxicity is not actually there.
0: Mm. Very true.
1: And so we can say, well, I can't be around that person because they deny my humanity. Okay. Possible. Not saying that's not true, but let's double check. That's actually what they're doing. Mm. Let's double check with- that they understand what they're even thinking,
0: especially with all these facts unvaccinated, like people are just, Judgment, like judgment right now is like just crazy all over the world. It's super
1: fast. It's super fast. And like, but at the same time, you're allowed to set up boundaries. So like, I am, I am somebody that for whom the vaccine is very important. And I believe that the vaccine is, is scientifically based and we should all be getting it. I love a lot of immunocompromised people. I really want this thing to be in a new phase. I would like us all to stop to, to be able to be movable again. I love a lot of people that violently disagree with me, Mm -hmm. that emphatically disagree with me. So do I want to stop loving that person? No. Mm -hmm. Do I want to chase the thought of like, okay, well then that, if they don't want the vaccine, that means they're okay with my brother being dead because if he gets COVID, he will die. Mm -hmm. No, that's not really what they're saying, but I could very easily chase that train Mm -hmm. and cut that person completely
0: out of my life. Or even try to convince them otherwise and waste all Or try to convince them
1: otherwise. Yeah, I lived most of my life as an evangelical. I understand. Can I have some baggage with convincing people? But what I do instead is simply look at that person and go, "We cannot talk about this." Mm. I love you, and I value your humanity, but this is so emotional for me that I know I cannot engage in conversation with you about it. Mm. So, are you good if we take this off the table of our relationship? Perfect. Yeah, and like everybody has said, yes.
0: And maybe they prefer that too.
1: Yeah, for sure. And they prefer that too. So then we've been able to move forward.
0: Mm -hmm. But just
1: disagree. And and that's great. And now there's some other people, like I've got a, I have a, a family member who is incredibly homophobic and deeply believes that, that gay people are, are terrible. So I said, okay, that is so fundamentally wrong. To me and how I see the world and how I understand the world. It's not that I can't just talk about that. I can't be in close relationship with that person. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I can't show up to Thanksgiving. Mm. It doesn't mean that I can't support their kids. Mm -hmm. It just means that I can't, you don't get all of me anymore.
0: Yeah. There's a limit to what you can offer, right? Like there's, I
1: Mm. I have to limit my relationship with you. I completely understand that. And I think that's healthy. Good for you. Yeah. Right? yeah. So those are just some examples as to how you move through with empathy. Mm-hmm. How do you handle difficulty with empathy? And this is very important when we're talking about somebody who's been through a trauma. So their trauma could turn them into a person you don't recognize. Very common. Trauma rewrites your brain. It's one of the things it does. It can either rewrite it permanently or temporarily, but it rewires and it rewrites your brain. And your body holds trauma, even if the trauma is not physical. It does not matter what you think about their trauma or their pain. Matters 0%. Because you are not there to approve of or judge their trauma. That is not your job. In the same way that you are not there to approve of or judge their decisions about their lives. You are there to Whatever, in whatever function, if you're in close relationship with this person, most likely you're there to love them. You're there to support them. You're there to carry them through these tough times. You're there to be there for them. You're not there to play judge, jury, and executioner on how you think they're handling something. And if that is why you were there, you should remove yourself from their lives because that's shitty. Mm -hmm. So what do we do instead? So none of us, very few people want to actively harm people that we love. That's, you know, very small percentage of the population. Most of us want to be there for each other. We want to help, but we do really well-intentioned, terrible things. We say, I know how you feel. No, that's not possible. You cannot know how I feel. You say, well, that must be what God would have wanted. Nope, that's not possible. You do not know the mind of God. Please be quiet. We say, "It's everything happens for a reason. That is not true. That's a fortune cookie you read once. Please don't say that. If that's true for you, that's great, but -hmm. that's not true for everybody. So what do you do? You say, I'm sorry you're in pain. And then you ask what the person needs. Hmm. I'm so sorry you're in pain. What can I do? I'm so sorry you're in pain. Do you need a hug? Do you know how many times I would have just appreciated that? I'm sure. I know I would have in all my, and when I'm in my absolute, I say all the time, we had a really traumatic 12 year experience in my family. And the people that I remember walking through are the ones that just showed up with like food or showed up to clean my house. Yeah. And like, that was it. They just, mm. I'm really sorry. That sucks. Do you need a hug? And here's a clean house. Yeah, And they're the ones that are still in my life.
0: Yeah. It's so much more. You can't put, you can't put like a value on that. You know, you no. know, I, I speaking to my best friend, we were talking about best friends before we hit record <laughs> you work with yours. Um, my best friend of 40, 40, 42 years, and we are so different. But when we try to be there for each other, we do it in the way that we know the other person would appreciate. Exactly. Because I would want something completely different or my husband, for example. So he wants, you know, this, this, and that. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. Like, you know, so even though he doesn't believe wholeheartedly in what I'm going through or doesn't understand, or maybe doesn't want to understand at that moment because he thinks it's silly or whatever it is, he doesn't say that. He's, mm-hmm. he's thinking, okay, because we've gone through this. There were times where this is how it was. And I would be like yep. frustrated. And so over, you know, 25 years, we're trying to be better and do better. And I think slowly we're learning. It takes a long time. Like you said, it it's, does it's to, work. Yeah. That's why it's so, this topic is so important, but now it's to the point where, okay, I know this doesn't make sense for me. And sometimes it's still hard, but this is what I think you would appreciate for me. And if I don't know, ask. We were talking earlier about how insulting it is to, when you don't know what to do, to do nothing. Mm. You know, don't you find? I
1: think that's that's sometimes tricky Mm. because there are some people that do want to be completely left alone. Yes. And so it's, this is where this is messy. And so what I will say is that part of this, I say all the time, I think I've said it in like every TED talk, every <laughs> every podcast. Because it's simple, this is simple but difficult. Mm-hmm. Like to say it is really simple. The practice is what's difficult, which is why we call it a practice. You're gonna suck at this some days, and you're gonna knock some days out of the park, and most days you're gonna be probably pretty average. But every day you're gonna get up with a commitment to understand yourself and others, wherever you're at and wherever they're at. And so you're going to come up against somebody who just wants to be left alone, and you're going to hover too much, and that's going to suck them up, and so you're going to have to get really used to saying, I'm sorry. You're going to get caught up in your own junk and leave one of your friends to suffer in their own junk, and you're going to feel terrible about that, and so you're going to say, hey, I should have been there, I'm sorry. You're not going to say I'm sorry for things that you shouldn't be sorry for, like women do all the time. You're going to get really used to apologizing when it actually matters. I'm sorry I blew that call. What can I do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry I screwed that up. I'm sorry I misspoke. I'm sorry I hurt you. It wasn't my intention, but that's no excuse. What can I do?
0: That's so much better than, you know, why are you hurt over that? Like, I didn't. You exactly. Know? typical I hear that all the time well why would that hurt you I didn't you know mean it in that way and it's like
1: it doesn't it doesn't because it did yeah I mean that's the Mm. we are so good at hurting each other it's like our biggest skill set is harming each other sometimes Mm. so it's discipline and it's work to be kind to ourselves and others it's unnatural we have to really yeah (laughs) we have to really think about it and there's some biological determinants in that and all that other garbage. But the the gut of the the gut of the truth of it is this. We are all going to be in pain. Mm. Most of us are in pain every day on some level, minor, major, chronic, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, we're in pain.
0: 90%
1: of us are gonna do whatever we can to eliminate that pain as quick as possible, regardless of the collateral damage to the rest of our lives or the other people around us. Whatever that looks like. The true gift of humanity is to walk through the pain, walk through other people's pain with them on their terms
0: and not yours. What do you see that doing for the person that's receiving? I
1: see it helping them understand they're not alone, that they're not crazy, Mm. that they're not overreacting, that it is a big deal. And then eventually walking through it to give them perspective, know that there is hope that this moment came to pass. It did not come to stay.
0: Mm. These are seasons. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. You know, though, I think the worst, one of the worst feelings in the world is feeling indifferent, you know, Mm. like somebody doesn't. Yeah. I mean, there's that,
1: there's a great line from rent. It's the opposite of love isn't hate. It's indifference.
0: Mm. That's how, that's what I feel anyway. That's you know some of the lowest yeah. times in my life. I just felt people were being indifferent, so it makes you feel like you yeah. don't matter, that you are alone, yeah. and you have to fight for attention, which is opposite of what you want. So you end up, you know what I mean? Like sometimes when you're in pain, like even though we all experience pain differently, I think we all want the same thing. We all want to feel better. <laughs> we all want to feel better. We all want to feel better. We all want to feel more comfortable. Hmm. There's
1: very few you know, non-sexual masochists among <laughs> us, um, we we generally want to feel better. Mm. We want to feel safe and loved and wanted. Life I is- tell parents all the time, no matter, you're going to screw up your kid, welcome to life. If they, if you make sure they know that they are safe, loved and wanted, everything else can get fixed.
0: Mm. And it's okay to say that you're wrong too to your kids. Oh my God, please. Yeah. I have a 50 Please admit that you're wrong. And I feel like I'm constantly saying, oh my God, you know, like you're a better negotiator. Than I. You have better reasons for why you should be doing stuff than I just want to protect you. That's not a good thing. I'm not helping you, you know, but yeah, I just.
1: Humanity doesn't come with a, with a instruction manual. We are all figuring this out as we go along. None of us know what we're doing. We are all figuring it out as we go along. And the best way to figure it out as we go along is together. Hmm. And that's a lot of work,
0: but I think it's one of the most important, if you're going to put energy into something, I think this is one of those things that you should really put energy into because I it helps agree. you and it helps the person you're trying to be there for. Absolutely. And it helps the planet and it helps humanity.
1: And I mean, pick any inspirational poster or cheesy Instagram post you want. What they all come down to is that we, d- we do life better together.
0: Mm. yeah if you're alone there's no movement there's no hope there's no like and if you're already down on yourself you're sort of like well why do I need to matter why am I going to put the effort in if nobody's like here anyway it's it's so sad you know when you you travel the world and you see different people in different situations and you want to compare your situation with theirs you can't they live where they live you live where you where you live and just have to be grateful and realize that we all want the same thing. We want our kids to be fed and have some sort of education and all of these things. And we just have to not feel sorry for people. I think there's a big difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Yeah. And
1: I, I think, yeah, I mean, first of all, again, because I think empathy is t- is mental and sympathy is emotional. Mm. Um, but I often think that sympathy is just that feeling that you get that like, oh, that sucks. Like that gut level, like, oh, that makes me sad. Um, and it's not necessarily, unless it spurs you to action that is productive. To me, the best emotions are productive ones. Mm. So if sympathy just lets you pit, lead you to pity, then it's not great. If sympathy leads you to empathetic action,
0: mm.
1: then that just means
0: you're human. I but know- nobody wants to be pitied. No, no, because then it also makes you feel ashamed, then you don't want to talk. Yeah. I love that so much. Hmm. You said some things in here, I'm going to quote you on. I'll put out an Instagram post and say, quote, (laughs) I love it so much. I don't know how, so what's, uh, I know all the things, like you mentioned some of the things that we shouldn't say, and some of the things that we should say. But what if we don't know what to say? I'm sorry you're in pain. Yeah. Or just ask you had mentioned before. Just ask the person. Don't feel silly about asking.
1: What do you need right now? And if they say, I don't know, then maybe if you know them well enough, you can offer options. Mm. Do you need a hug? Do you need a food? Do you need to be left alone? You know, feel mm-hmm. it out, but don't hold yourself to any standard of perfection. You don't know what you're doing either they don't probably know what they're doing. It's okay. You're going to figure it out together. Just come from a place of humility and come from a place of genuinely wanting to help and not shove a bandaid on a bullet hole and make yourself more comfortable.
0: Not There's another quote. It's a bullet hole. I like it.
1: <laughs> oh, the lots of people say that. That one's not a Okay, I haven't name. heard
0: that before then. Yeah, shoving
1: a bandaid on a bullet hole.
0: Yeah, I love that. But is is so if you're the person that's, In the crap, right? You're the person who's feeling the pain. You won't remember what people perhaps said or didn't said, but what they did, like the action, right? Like you were saying, yeah, and cleaned your home, or they made you. All you know, everything is such a blur around you sometimes that you don't know. You just know that that all transpires into a feeling too, a feeling of love, or you feel comfort, or. You know, you may not know exactly what transpired during those days that you're at your worst. But you can still like, it matters. Like, I just want people to know that it, you may not know it then. But a few months later, you might go, how did I get through that? You know, and then you remember, it's the unexpected people sometimes. It is. Yeah. Mm. So it's a framework. I love that.
1: It's a set of decisions that you make every day.
0: I know you mentioned them before. Can you go through like the first three things? Like, so what would be the first one is to, um, I'm just trying to summarize the the decisions that you would make.
1: It's the decision. It's the consistent decision to understand yourself and others.
0: Yes. And be, yeah. And be conscious of it. Don't just, yeah. Don't assume, ask questions. I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. Because I really want to learn how to be better there for people. Right. And um, but so much of it is just practice. Yeah. And that's what's hard is that we can, and this is one of the
1: reasons I left the academy. Um, you know, we can get as academic and mental about it as we want, but it's practice. Mm. It's, you know, you think every single helping profession does internships because you need practice. Mm. Yeah. You, it, it doesn't make sense until you practice it. And the thing with humans is that we're all different amalgamations of of our own stuff so you can practice a ton on one category of human and it's not going to work on another category so that's why it's a daily practice mm. if you just remember that the person and this is the hardest thing to remember but keep this is the this is the meditation everyone you meet is a person
0: mm. yeah I remember those shirts when I was in uh in elementary school kids are people too <laughs> yep remember those shirts <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Everyone's, the person that you're talking to is a person. And sometimes the more angry they are and the more opinionated is the more hurting that they have. It's possible, but what is definitely
1: true is that just as messy and complicated and beautiful as you are,
0: mm. they are too. I love that. Hmm. So tell me, what's it like working with your best friend? Cause I don't know, that could be tough. We're, we love it. It works really well for us. We do a lot of really clear
1: communication and um, we're very different, which helps because then we each know each other's strengths Mm. um, and we, we rally to each other. It's, it's the best. Um, And also I'm sure, you know, there's times that we both want to throw each other. Um, But generally, you know, we're really honest about ourselves and, and with each other and we love it. We love it. I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: And I'm sure you practice empathy with each other all the time, and that's why it works. Yes, it's why it works. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're so different from someone, it it, it does take a bit more um, thought process, right? Like thinking about about that. So, where can we um, where can we find you? Like, do you work more with corporations or with individuals? Everybody, we work with everybody. So it's for sure, if you're somebody who's listening
1: and you have a company and you want us to come and do training and talk, then we definitely do that. But we also have a YouTube channel, um, which is called, it's just youtube.com slash Abbey Research, A-B-B-E-Y um, Research. And there we post videos almost every day, um, analyzing and talking about the world so that we can help people understand it better. We also have a website where you can find everything and it's argooddoctors.com.
0: And I, I do suggest everybody who's listening, um, check out the Ted talks because I just did that and it was amazing. I loved it. You're such a good speaker. Good for you.
1: (laughs) It's a lot of practice, but thank you. Thank you.
0: Is there anything we didn't touch upon today in this topic that you would like to, um, to leave us with?
1: Just remember to be gentle with yourself as you're doing this. Mm. You are not meant to be perfect at it. It is practice.
0: It is messy. It is hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. And if you're listening at home right now, and perhaps it's the other way around, so you're hoping somebody will be a better communicator and a better empathy person toward you, get them to listen to the podcast. Maybe it'll give them some suggestions you know, maybe you just need some love and you're trying to get people to understand things around you. That's okay too. You know, I think it's a, it's a give and take. I think we both will, we will have opportunities on both ends to practice, right? Yes, we will. So, and if if somebody asks you, what is it that I can do to help? Uh, if you can, and you think of something, please tell them, don't feel like you know, you're imposing on them, if they're asking you, it's because they really want to know, or we hope anyways, it's coming from a place, you know, a genuine place. So it's okay. It's okay to say that you need help.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you, Kristen. I'm so happy you came here today. You've really helped me understand a couple of things. And I love the way you explain some of the things. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. I had such a great time. Me as well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.